Praise and worship is designed to do, to remind us of who God is, to welcome Him in our midst, and to lead us up to where He is. Amen? God is a great God and greatly to be praised. Bless His holy, holy name. We're going to put up some message on the screen this morning, and our main scripture text is taken from Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 through 3. Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 through 3. And if I had a title for the message this morning, it would be Shut Him Up. Shut Him Up. And the songs that we just sang uh, were so uh, on time when it comes to where we're going in the Word of God this morning. And I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and praise the Lord on that one. And set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled, and after that he must be loosed. A little season. Permit me to play on three words that are found in this text today. Shut him up. Now I know and you know that this is a prophetic promise that is grounds for rejoicing. When I even said that just a moment ago, it uh, motivated us to clap our hands and praise the Lord. But I especially like to consider that this verse not only means that Satan will be bound in chains and out of our way. But it also means that he'll be silent for a thousand years. And of course, when you read the scripture in context, after that he'll be loose for a little season, then he's going to be cast into the lake of fire forever and ever. The earth will not only be void of his presence during that time, but it'll be void of his mouth. And Satan is a loud mouth, isn't he? Amen. Since time began, since we see the appearance of man on the scene at the story of creation, it's been lie, 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 lie. One tale after another. One lie after the next. If you don't believe it, ask Adam and Eve. Ask Moses. Ask Abraham. Ask Lot. Ask David. Plus many more. Even ask Jesus himself. Every temptation he inflicts upon anyone involves his mouth. Genesis chapter 3 verse 1, And he said unto the woman, Isaiah 14 and 13, For thou hast said in thine heart, speaking of Satan. Job 1 and 9, Satan said unto the Lord, Doth Job fear God for naught? Acts 5 and 3, The disciples asked, and an eye since a fire that had lied. Why has Satan filled thine heart to lie? Since he was banished from heaven, he's been running his mouth. And every time he opens it, he lies. One of the most powerful passages of scripture found in the word of God to me is John eight forty four. I've used it many times in many messages, but it bears repeating today. Jesus speaking to the Pharisees who had renounced him as 
the Son of God. You are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you'll do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Matter of fact, it's worded in the New International Version that says when he speaks a lie, he speaks his native language. That's what he is. He's still lying today. He's had 6,000 years of practice. He's the master of both terror and error. I want to talk about five successful lies that he has told humanity today, and tragically many have fallen. The first of all, the lies that we believe, number one is there is no harm. I think he told Eve something like this, if you read your Bible, go ahead, everyone's doing it. Hogwash. Everyone wasn't doing it. Adam wasn't doing it, at least not then. Young ladies need to tell some of these young men that are trying to persuade them to do things they ought not to do. Listen, young ladies. That if everyone's doing it, then it won't be too hard for them to find somebody else to take your place. I, I get an amen from the parents on that, don't I? Delilah told Samson, if you love me, you'd let me. Samson gave in, and you know the rest of the story. The fact is that there is harm. The Bible says lust, when it is conceived, brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. There's a down payment made in your mind and conscience, but the final bill will be paid in hell. There's no harm in living together as long as you're really in love. There's no harm in premarital relations as long as you're careful. There's no harm in a few beers as long as you have a designated driver. There's no harm in a few pills as long as you know your limit. But we all know it just doesn't work that way. Sin kills. Sin demeans. And sin damages. Your sins, the word of God lets us know, will find you out. Amen. By listening to the lie of the devil, there's no harm. Let me tell you what's happening in our own country. Well over one million teen pregnancies each year is proof there is harm. Nearly half a million teenage abortions in this country every year is proof that there's harm. Nearly 70,000 young people contract a venereal disease every 24 hours in our country. There is harm. One in 200 Americans has some form of the HIV or AIDS virus. There is harm. The second lie he tells, and we fall for it sometimes, so tragically in our society, is that there is no hell. Newsweek quoted American theologians a few years ago as saying, and I quote, hell is a subject too trite for serious scholarship. Another so-called preacher said, all that is left of heaven and hell 
is intellectually empty baggage. Hell-denying religions are popping up all over the place. The universalists believe that God is too good to send anyone to hell. The Unitarians believe that man is too good to ever go to hell. The New Age movement scoffs at it, preferring to believe in uh, delicious or uh, delightful reincarnation over divine retribution. The Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses believe there is no hell. A modern modern branch or, or a major branch of Christianity teaches and would prefer to believe in a place called purgatory where the soul can sleep rather than believing the teaching that is clear in Scripture of Jesus Christ. Mark 9, 48, Jesus said, The worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. There is indeed, and I quote the Scripture, a lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which the Bible calls the second death. I hate to tell you, but the truth is today there is a hell. Men and women go there. And when they go there, they stay there forever. The third lie that the devil tries to tell is that there is no hurry. Take your time. Don't get in a rush. Sow your wild oats. Enjoy the pleasures of the world and later you can think about being saved. Satan has perfected that great deadly deception. But remember, there is no tomorrow on God's calendar. King Agrippa tragically said, I was almost persuaded. Felix tragically responded, I'll wait for a more convenient season. But my word tells me that today is the day of salvation. And there is no chance to play on eternity. Don't assume that you're going to beat the odds because you're not promised the next breath. Today is the day you need to accept Jesus. Somebody say amen. Next lie that the devil tells us that sometimes we believe is that there is no hope. I'm reminded of a story I shared in a message a couple of years ago, a message entitled, Is Anybody Listening? Does Anybody Care? And I remember sharing this, and I went back to my notes and wrote this down because the word hope stuck in my spirit when the devil tells us there is no hope. I'm reminded of a 28-year-old accountant who was brilliant, making his way on up the corporate chain a few years ago. He was a father of four. And he pulled up to his car to the very top of the Sunshine Skyway Bridge in St. Petersburg, Florida. Witnesses say he simply put his car in park, got out, calmly walked to the railing, and jumped off to his death. When authorities investigated, this is the tragic part, they found a crumpled up note in the seat of his car that he no doubt had written just moments before he leaped to his death. Now listen to what he said. And I'm quoting. I'm standing on the threshold of eternity at last. As reckless of the future 
as I have been of the past. I am void of all ambition. I am dead of every hope. The toils of life are ending. I'm letting go the rope. We live in such a generation till we have people here today that last week, today, attended the funeral of a 14-year-old in Emmanuel County who took his own life because he could not see any hope. This terminal generation looks down the missile silos and we look up at the 17 to 19 trillion dollar debt in our own country. And if we're not careful, we will cry out, there's no hope. Hopelessness creates a vacuum in our lives. That vacuum creates desperation. That desperation leads to depression. And when people come to a place where they see no light at the end of the tunnel, they soon become convinced of reducing themselves to the base instincts of humankind. That's why crime is out of control. That's why people turn to all sorts of sin. That's why our children, even this 14-year-old, are depressed and filling their veins with drugs and taking their own lives. We've spent so much time saying, what's this world coming to? But I want to change that today and declare, instead of look what this world's coming to, look who's about to come to this world. And his name is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. The devil's told us a lie. There's no harm. There's no hell. There's no hurry. There's no hope. And he's told us there is no help. But can I tell you, my word tells me that he is a very present help in time of trouble. Hebrews tells us that we don't have a high priest that cannot touch, be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. But our high priest was tempted, yet as we are, yet without sin. And the word said that he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. And he ever lives to make intercession for me according to the grace and the will of God. John says that we shouldn't sin, but even if we do, we have an advocate with the Father, and his name is Jesus. Can I tell you that he is a help whenever you're facing destruction? Can I tell you, as Paul said, you may be pressed in, you may be perplexed, you may be crushed, but neither height nor death, principalities nor powers, things present nor things to come will ever be able to separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus your Lord. There is help, and his name is Jesus. Shut him up. Shut him up. I want to share very quickly three ways today to shut up the devil. Number one is use the word of God. The word says, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. I shared this on occasion that many years before, about 1990, I was making a major change in my life. I was going to leave the pastorate in the organization where I was raised in. My whole family was fourth generation to go where I knew that God was leading me. It's proven to be God. My whole family now 
It's Church of God. My two brothers pastor in it. My two sons by birth minister in it. My other ones attend it. My nephew, my nieces are involved in ministry in it. My parents are faithful to it. But during that time, I was a young father. And I had a son five and a son one. And I was about to leave everything I know and step out on faith. I didn't have the promise of a church. Didn't know what I was going to do. And night after night, I couldn't get to sleep for the worry. And if I did get to sleep, I would wake up out of a sound sleep with worry on my mind. What you going to do? What about your children? How are you going to provide? Are you sure this is God? The only thing that helped me is night after night, sometimes hours on end, but I would go to the kitchen table and I would sit down and I would open the word of God. And I knew where the evil thoughts were coming from. I knew where the temptations were coming from. I knew where the lies were coming from. And I would sit and I wouldn't just read to myself. I would say, now listen here, devil. You're bound by the word of God. I by myself have no power or authority, but I'm fixing to read you the eternal word of God. And I would read scriptures about overcoming, being more than a conqueror through him that loves us. First John 4 and 4, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Reading scriptures of God not forsaking his own. Reading scriptures of walking by faith. Reading scriptures of being tried by fire but coming forth as pure gold. And then I would turn to the back of the book and read the scripture I just read to start this message today. And I would say, go ahead, slewfoot. Go ahead, liar. Say all you want to now and beat this old 20-something-year-old minister of the gospel up. But one day I'm going to be right there whenever you're bound in chains and cast into the bottomless pit by my God because thus saith the word of God. And can I tell you, the devil can use this and he can use that. But he is bound by the word of the living God and the word says that he's a roaring lion but he has been stripped, he has been defeated, the cross of Calvary and the empty the tomb is proof that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. Even whenever Jesus was tempted, it is written. My God, you ought to be happy about that. Amen. So many times we live below what God wants us to and it's because we've got the Bible sitting on the shelf. And instead of alive in our hearts. Amen. But that's your victory. Shut him up by using the word of God. Shut him up by thinking about the positive things of God. Hebrews says that there still remains a rest to the people of God. The promises of God are yea and amen. God is not slack, the word of God says, concerning his promise. Think on the things that the Lord said. John chapter 14. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Let not your heart be troubled. Glory to God. Use the word of God. Think on the positive things of God. And finally use the name that is above every name. Jesus Christ. Jesus made a promise to the church. The same passage of scripture where he says that he would build his church and the gates of hell should not prevail. He said, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. 
And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Jesus said, whatever you ask, ask in my name and it shall be given unto you. Somebody say amen, glory to God. And the word of God tells me, hey, I don't have to be the greatest theologian. I don't have to be a doctor or have a doctorate in ministry. I don't have to be an ordained bishop in the church of God, but the word of God tells me if I could just muster up the strength to say the name Jesus, that at the very mention, are you hear me? At the very mention of the name of Jesus, the devil's in hell tremble. Can I tell you, there's nothing greater than being washed in the blood filled with the spirit and saved in the name that is above every name as you stand this morning it's time to shut him up I said it's time to shut him up amen glory to God You know, one of the first things that often happens, and I think a person is wise to do so, one of the first things that often happens if somebody is facing some kind of serious illness and some doctor gives them an unexpected report tells them they need major surgery or they're facing a major obstacle one of the first things that often happens is somebody goes to get a second opinion amen I know what you're saying but before I make this life decision on what you say I'm going to go to somewhere else or maybe a family doctor will say he believes it's something. But before you make a decision like that, you go to a specialist who has spent his training and his life specializing in that form of treatment or that form of medicine. Yet tragically, when we hear the lie of the devil oftentimes, you won't ever amount to nothing. That relationship's over with. Your children won't ever accept God. It's too late. There's no use. Tragically, oftentimes we believe the lie of the devil and walk away accepting what he said. But today I implore you to go to the specialist who deals with sin who deals with your past, who is trained to give you the word of life, who can wash away your sin, cancel your debt, and rewrite your destiny. Don't believe the lie of the devil, but go to Jesus. Get what he says and put it in your spirit. Because let me tell you something, saints. If I listened to the lie of the devil, I wouldn't be preaching the gospel today. If I listened to the lie of the devil, I wouldn't be serving him today. And I stand before you not perfect, but I stand before you redeemed. 
spirit-filled, on my way to glory, sealed by the blood of Jesus to the day of redemption because I choose to believe what Jesus says over believing the lie of the devil. And by the authority God has given me in the word of God, by the shed blood of Jesus, and by the anointing of the very spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, I have shut him up. Would you bow your heads today? How many of the devil's told you some lies? How many of you came in here today a little beat up over your children? A little beat up over your past? A little beat up over your present? A little beat up physically, spiritually, financially, emotionally? But today you can say, Pastor, I'm going to shut him up. I walked in one way, but I'm leaving another way. I'm not who I used to be. I left that at Calvary. Therefore, I won't live like I used to live. I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loves me. And today, I choose to believe what he says. And in the name of Jesus, today, I'm going to shut up the devil. If that's you, come right now. Hands lifted. Heads bowed, hearts rejoicing. Come on. Come on and join me today. Shut up the enemy. Let him know. Serve notice to him. I don't believe you anymore. I don't receive what you say. All are welcome. Join with me if you will. Voices and sing 
lift my eyes up, my help comes from the Lord. Don't forget tonight, the kids will be doing the service. We ask that you please come back and support them. I'm going to ask Brother Carlton if he will dismiss us in prayer. Lord God, we thank you today for thy love, mercy, thy goodness, Lord, for all that you've done for us. We thank you, Lord, for thy presence that's been with us today, God. We thank you, dear Lord, today that you will be with us wherever we are and whatever we're doing. There's nowhere, God, we can go that thy love will not be with us. I pray, God, that you bless us as we go from this place. Keep your hand of protection upon us. We thank you, Lord. And I pray, God, you bless the young children tonight as they put on their program in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.